and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Castor. Here, as always, my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall. Mr. COVID. How are you doing? I'm fine, Adam. How are you? Happy happy football. Happy Christmas. Happy, happy football. Yeah. Merry Christmas. It's uh, Christmas in, in September. Yeah, it's it, it's a weird one. It's a weird one, though. Because it's like I, I, can't, I can't have like the same like excitement because I feel so shitty. Yeah, it just feels weird because all the timelines of all the sports, it's kind of it's kind of fucked up because, you know, basketball and hockey went later. Baseball is fine. And, you know, college football started already, but it just feels weird having everything start. And it just feel it feels weird getting back to some semblance of normal. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and. and it, it's just kind of like, you know, am I going to be, am I going to be actually two eyes wide open and not sound asleep on the couch for this game? Well, I mean, really, this is going to be a, since I'm working at, at MLB Network, I'm not going to be able to watch this game. So I'm going to be watching Fantasy Cast the whole time. I have one eye on the, on the Twins and Indians and then the other eye on fantasy cast and that's how it's going to go how much um how much do you have in this game tonight nothing nothing michael gallup is on my bench michael gallup is on my bench so honestly i'm paying attention to the game for the sake of that we have to talk about it i'm starting a b in one spot i'm benching a b in another i'm starting brady where i have him I'm starting Gronk where I have him. And yeah, those are all my shares. It's, I mean, it's a, it should be a good game. We already kind of talked about it. Honestly, I, I just think that Tampa is going to pass the ball around to whomever they wish. Yeah, it's probably going to be one of those. It oh, either, it's going to be ugly. It's probably not going to be like, the NFL 100 game between the Packers and the Bears, where it was so like low scoring, a couple, and that happened a couple of years ago. It's not going to be like that at all. It's going to be probably. It could either be like the Chiefs and Texans last year, or it could be like the Chiefs and Patriots in 2017. Well, I mean, both were blowouts, but. Yeah, I, I just think it's it's going to be ugly. I think it's going to be ugly. Tom is going to just throw the ball wherever he wants to throw it. And whomever he wants to get touchdowns tonight probably will score. So, I mean, part of my thinking is if you are if you own any of the pass catchers, especially any, any of the receivers, it's probably a very wise idea to start them, especially Antonio Brown and DFS. If you're just going for that, that, the Thursday night, um, what's the word I'm looking for? COVID obviously has impacted my ability to choose out the correct words. Uh, the Thursday night showcase, there we go. If you know, you're looking at just the guys for tonight and you're looking at you know, who's going to be the cheapest and who's going to be able to really show out, Antonio Brown is the guy that I would choose from Tampa. 
because he'll probably be the least expensive. So it'll be it, it for me in for me in DFS for all the DFS players out there. You're welcome. It would I'd have it A B Godwin Evans in terms of who I would start versus who I would least like to start. But that's just because Evans is going to be the most expensive. Yeah, I mean daily fantasy is still fantasy even though the scoring system is different. No, it's not, it's not any different. It's just half PPR. Oh, it is just half PPR. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's just I'm thinking of baseball, probably. Fan, daily fantasy baseball is different than uh, different. Uh, I've never done it. Well, they talk about it on TV occasionally. Oh, yeah, here's the best plays and here's how many points they got. I was like, what the fuck? Where'd you get that number? That is some level of commitment to do daily fantasy baseball. That is some level of degeneracy. <laughs> Playing daily fantasy baseball. There are. 162 games in a baseball season. And people are going to play da- a daily fantasy baseball 162 times. Well, you don't. Well, that's the thing. You don't necessarily have to play it every single time. No, no. But there are some people who definitely play daily baseball 162 games out of 162 games a year. I'm sure they do. And those people need to be checked out immediately. They need to be placed into a psych ward. Those are absolute lunatics. Yeah, it's it's something. It takes a level of commitment. Commitment's a good word for it. Let's just say it's commitment. Commitment, that's a way to put it. Let's just say that. That's a way to put it. Uh, as far as news and notes is concerned, yeah, we're gonna talk about the injury reports as we usually do. If you yep. haven't done this, if you haven't been here. And you don't know how we how we ran things last year. Um, essentially, we're going to be looking at the injury reports as we preview each game. So all the injury stuff, because you know now this is the first week of practice, of like practice, practice not just practice, practice reports. Practice. And we're going to be getting those you know every day, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, sometimes Monday and Tuesday, depending on if it's a Thursday night game or not. Um, so we're going to cover that as we go game by game. But some general news. When the ball is kicked off in week one, Devontae Adams, if he doesn't have a contract extension, he's not going to sign one. That's ba- He basically gave an ultimatum to the Packers. Nor should he. And he also said he. that there's no chance that one gets done before the season as well. So he's going to be playing for his cash, as Bird likes to say. Well, the man absolutely deserves it. He does, because he is one of the best receivers in the league, if not the best. He is the best. He, he, he is the absolute best by a million miles. And man deserves his cash. He is not going to get it, unfortunately. And I don't know if this is really that the Packers don't want to get something done. I think it's more of Devontae wants to just kind of see what happens with the Rodgers situation and how that whole thing unfolds so i mean look there is a possibility that aaron Rodgers does stay in green bay there is a possibility that happens because that whole situation we're still a good eight nine months away from having to deal with well let's just do the math we're in september right correct october november december february march you missed january (laughs) i hate this (laughs) <laughs> October, November, December, January, February, 
We're six months away. We're six months away until March when Aaron Rodgers will have to make a decision based on what his, where his future lies, whether it is in Green Bay or not. That's six months for a lot of things to change. I mean, if you're Devontae Adams, then why would you commit to Green Bay if you don't know that – if they're going to be going with Jordan Love – I know. I stole your thunder a little bit. No, no, you didn't. You, you're hitting the nail right in the head. Yes. I, well, basically, I said what you were going to say. Not the same terms, but yes. Like, no, this is no respect, no disrespect towards Jordan Love, but, you know, if you're Devontae Adams, you want, at this point in your career, you want to win championships. And who gives you the best opportunity to win? Is it Aaron Rodgers or is it Jordan Love? It's Aaron Rodgers. It's Jordan Love. Exactly. I'm just kidding. It's Aaron Rodgers. Oh. My Aaron heart Rogers. is fragile as it is, Adam. It's Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Of course it's Aaron Rodgers. Yes. It's, it is Aaron Rodgers. And like I said, there is a possibility that Aaron Rodgers stays. Do I think he stays? No. But is there a possibility that he stays? Of course. There's always a possibility until he rips up that contract and says, I'm done. I mean, maybe if there's like a mass firing in Green Bay, I think that would probably be the only reason that Aaron Rodgers would stay. Maybe. Completely clean house. Maybe. But we have so much more time to talk about this uh, in the offseason. I know we're just coming out of the offseason. We're talking about the offseason again. But it's like, where, where is Aaron Rodgers going? where they're going to bring him and maybe possibly odds are bring Devontae Adams as well. Well, Bird, can you imagine Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers in Denver? Yeah. Wow. Devontae Adams, Jerry, Judy, and Cortland Sutton. How about Las Vegas? How about Las Vegas? But my favorite, Derek Carr. He is your favorite. I, I, I know, but Aaron Rodgers, a Mike Mayock and John Gruden would have their ultimate dream. Yeah. Well, it's funny. So much six degrees of separation because, you know, John Gruden coached Brett Favre. He did. Way back, way back when. He did. That, that, that did happen. So it's like. Aaron Rodgers would be like, was Brett Favre a dick back then too? Yes. Yes. Definitely was. Um but yeah, we'll have to wait. We'll have to uh, to wait and see. But yeah, Devontae Adams will be playing with one year left on his contract, and yeah, he's playing for his cash. So good news yep. for anybody that owns Devontae Adams because when you're playing for your cash, man is a bit more incentive. We saw it with Allen Robinson last year. Yep, and he's, st- he's still playing for his cash. That's right. We might man see it again. Still this playing year. for his cash. Uh, speaking of receivers, there was some interesting news out of uh, Pro Football Talk, the part-time news organization, part-time shit poster, Twitter account. Um, it's honestly, it's like 50-50 now between news stories and shit posts on P- on PFT's account. Um, One of my least favorite accounts, but that's I don't, besides the point. I don't like them either because a lot of their stuff is very slanted. Like yeah, no. it's it's not news to me. It's not news to me, and the people behind there just write with an agenda. But that's besides the point. 
Well, clearly somebody ha- might have an agenda against Jamar Chase because there was a an article that was uh, written that said Jamar Chase NFL ball is harder to catch than NCAA ball, harder to see without white stripes. The most slanted, egregious, disgusting article that I've ever seen in my life to just try and bury this kid before he's even stepped foot onto the field. First of all, there were a lot of people who were not too thrilled about Jamar Chase sitting out for an entire calendar year due to COVID. His own personal choice, he did what he did, whatever. But then there were people who had this anti-Jamar Chase agenda still, and that carried over into the draft. And then when Jamar Chase was taken not only as the first receiver, but was taken by Cincinnati, who has Joe Burrow, who was his college quarterback, even more people came out and said, what the fuck are Cincinnati doing? Joe Burrow needs an offensive lineman. I was one of them. I was one of them, but did well, I come out? We were and, both one of them. Yeah, but did I cut? Did, did were either one of us coming out and saying, "Oh, Cincinnati, what what are they doing? Taking Jamar Chase? He's a terrible football player. Jamar Chase is not a terrible football player at all." No, we didn't say that. We said the first part, but we didn't we didn't attack his the his playing ability. We said that no. Cincinnati doesn't know what they're doing, but Jamar Chase is still good. Yes, and and there is a possibility that Jamar Chase lights the world on fire. Because let's not forget, and I've said this time and time again, Justin Jefferson was struggling against third teamers in camp last year. And then Justin Jefferson comes out and has the best rookie year anybody has ever seen since Brandy Moss. Am I saying Jamar Chase is going to have that? No. But am I saying that we need to just, you know, cool it on just trying to, you know, gang up on Jamar Chase? Yeah. Yeah. He's a rookie. He's a rookie. Let him have his due. And I think that's kind of the problem that these rookie receivers face this year is that maybe that there are people out there that automatically assume now that there's going to be a receiver that has a monster year like Justin Jefferson did. And if, if none of them have that kind of year, people are going to say, oh, this is a terrible class of receivers because no one popped off like CD did or like Justin Jefferson did. That reminds me of baseball now with Ronald Acuna, Fernando Tatis Jr. and Wander Franco. You know, people are like shitting on Jared Kelnick. I wish he was still in the Mets, but people are shitting on prospects like Jared Kelnick and like Joey Bart, who's still in the minors and players. And even like Vidal Brujan, who came up for a couple of years for a couple of games in Tampa Bay because they're not performing as well, but they're all being held to such high standards. Really what this article I think is, is that it took those reports that we talked about like two weeks ago where Jamar Chase is having trouble catching the ball in camp and basically ran with it. And this piece is so slanted, like Roger Ailes would probably be like, it's a bit much. It's a bit much. <laughs> I, 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 think, uh, I think maybe Rupert Murdoch would have something to say about that too. It's a, it's a bit much. Yeah. No, it, it definitely is. I mean, I, I, look, I feel sorry for the kid. the kid. The kid is being completely backed up into a corner before he even steps foot on, a, on an NFL field. And I mean, good on him for responding, saying like, he, he quote tweeted the tweet from PFT saying, ha I never said it was hard to catch. They asked me what the difference was in the ball. Don't change my words. Again, it's, it's, it's that writer from PFT writing with an agenda, but I'm not surprised because that is what they do over there. Yeah. It's not a great website. No, no, it is not. 
So the last bit of news and notes is talking about the New Orleans Saints. And honestly, this is definitely apropos for my fantasy team because I have Alan Kamara. And Latavius Murray was released by the New Orleans Saints. And so they said that, and they also said that Tony Jones Jr. is going to be the number two behind uh, Alvin Kamara. So your handcuff is Tony Jones Jr. Yeah, Latavius Murray refused to take a pay cut. And Tony Jones Jr., a guy that nobody literally ever heard of before two days ago, is now the handcuff to Alvin Kamara. So, yep, go pick him up. If you have Kamara, even if you don't have Kamara, I think he's probably an okay pickup um, just to kind of see what that looks like there in deeper leagues. But, um, yeah, you know, that's that. I wouldn't be so quick to dump Latavius Murray. I think maybe wait a week or two just to kind of see if there's any movement there and then dump him. So I would hold on to Latavius Murray for now unless you're in a really, really deep bind. But, look, if you're in a deep bind week one, you got a real problem. Yeah. Well, I think that if you're picking up Latavius Murray, if you have Latavius Murray, because you believe that he had standalone value in new Orleans, then yeah, you can keep him in case he latches on somewhere else. But if you were getting him just because he was the handcuff to Kamara, then I think you should just drop him at that point. That's fair. That's fair. It depend. It depends on how you view how you view Latavius Murray. Well, the interesting thing is, is that with how the Saints ran their offense, it was a lot. I mean, the Denver game last. I think it was the Denver game last year, where Latavius Murray had two touchdowns. Yeah, it was a Denver game. Um, when Denver didn't have a quarterback. Yes, Kendall. The Kendall Hinton, Hinton game. That's the one. Yes. Um. You know, Sean Payton is very weird with his running backs. So, Sean Payton is a weird guy in general. Yes, well, you know, it's that Bill Parcells coaching tree. It just produces weirdos. That is true. Like like Sean Payton and Eric Mangini and Bill Belichick. All weirdos. All weirdos. All weird guys. Yeah. Who would have thought? Who, who, who would have thunk it that they would be all just really, really weird guys? Unlike the Andy Reid coaching tree, which just uh, produces very energetic coaches, except for Todd Bowles. And except for Doug Peterson. And except for Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson is only energetic when uh, he's throwing, uh, what the fuck was that guy's name? Nate Sudfeld into, into action. Yeah, but I was the, like, that was probably the best thing Doug Peterson got to do all year. Was throw Nate Sudfeld in there. But they make up for it with the John Harbaugh, Sean McDermott, and Ron Rivera branches of the coaching tree. True. Very true. And isn't it so funny that Doug Peterson, you would think, ex-Super Bowl winning coach, pretty good resume, coach under Andy Reid. The man is still unemployed. You know, if this was hockey... I think Doug Peterson would have a job. I mean, on resume alone, he should be employed, but 
the fact of the matter is, I mean, you you give up on your team and you just blatantly throw in the towel like he did. You're not getting a job. And we're seeing this unfold. That is, that is a man that should be employed. Doesn't matter where. Bill O'Brien has a fucking job as the offensive coordinator for the Alabama Crimson Tide. You're telling me that Doug Peterson could be a coordinator somewhere? Wait, he's not even in, he's not even doing anything. In co- I thought you were saying like just he's not even in college. No. Just, oh my god. No, no. Doug Peterson is sitting on a couch. That's even Adam Gase has a job. Yes. Adam Gaze is a high school. Was he a high school coach? Now? Maybe. Fuck him. But fuck him. But that's besides the point. Well, I guess that's, I mean, that's, it's kind of like the argument against, that's why Mike Babcock doesn't have a job either. Cause he's all, cause he's also an asshole. So apparently, different, so apparently different reasons, Doug Peterson passed on two coordinator positions because he's what he wants to be a coach. Oh, fuck that. Mm-hmm. All right. He deserves what he's, what he has. Fuck him. Fuck him. All right. He's just a pompous ass then. Anyway, let's go into the first game. Yep. And this game is the Battle of the Birds. Why does this game feel like it's always week one? (laughs) Battle of the Birds. Battle of the Birds. (laughs) Battle of my cousins. Your cousins. Well, the the other two bird teams aren't playing each other, unfortunately. No, they are not. Uh, the other two oh. bird teams are not even playing. They're not playing on the same day. Well, one of them isn't. Well, actually, there are three bird teams, three other bird teams, because it's the the Falcons, the Eagles, the Cardinals, Seahawks, Ravens, Ravens. Yes, four of them are playing on Sunday. One of them is playing Monday night. But anyway, this yeah, this matchup seems to always happen like early in the season. It does. It does. Just, and this this should be entertaining. This matchup um, should be very good. I'm probably thinking about it just because it was the the Thursday night opener in 2018. Yeah, it sounds right. Yeah, because it was the 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 year after the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Yes, and, and that the was the that was the game that that Philly raised their banner to. Yes, yes, and then Steve Steve Sarkeesian like blew it. He had like first and goal from the five or something, and he just threw five straight times. Socks blows it. Ugh. I know. I've never heard that one before. Don't ask anybody in Texas about that. Nope. Nope. Hook of hordes. Hook of hordes. <laughs> um, as far as the, the injury report is concerned, as far as we know right now, for the Falcons, former Jet Brandon Copeland, he's questionable. Love to see former Jets on, on other teams. You people, dis- you people discuss me. But everything else we kind of knew, like we knew that AJ McCarron is going to be on Done injured reserve. Year. Yeah, after tearing his ACL, um, a lot of it's offensive line. Um, Ryan Becker, like backup third string tight end, and Jaden Graham, fourth string tight end, are both going to be on IR. So you're telling me there's an opening for Logan Paulson to come in and save the day? Well, I don't know because they have Hayden Hurst and Kyle Pitts. There's a third string tight end. And- Available. It is, I think his name should be Logan Paulson. It is Logan Paulson. 
It has to be Logan Paulson. It cannot be anybody else. And then for the Philadelphia Eagles, same kind of deal. Not a ton of important skill position players on the injury report. Uh, Rodney McLeod is limited in practice. Landon Dickerson, one of the centers, and Brent Brooks, one of the guards. And so there you go. Going to the startometer. Startometer. Our first true Sunday startometer. Wow. I'm shaking my boots. Philly. Jalen Hurts. Seven. Seven. Good start. On the road in Atlanta. I mean, it's a good, it's a good matchup. Defense has not improved much for Atlanta. So th- there should be plenty of open opportunities to pass for Jalen Hurts. And even if there isn't, there'll be plenty of opportunities for Jalen Hurts to use his legs. So either way, I think he gives you a very solid floor. Seven. So then what does that mean? Does does your feet do your feelings translate to the skill position players with Miles Sanders <laughs> and whatever the fuck receivers? Uh, Jalen Rieger. Jalen Rieger, Devonta Smith. Yeah. Um, Miles Sanders is like a five. I don't love him. He's like a flex to me. Uh, Jalen Rieger is like a three. Devonta Smith, I would say, is like a six. I think he's 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 a flex. That if you told me in three receiver leagues you're starting as a wide receiver three, in two receiver leagues that are deeper you're starting him as a flex, I would say it's not bad. I I I could get behind that. That's kind of interesting. Um, just because I think for a lot of people, you know, you say that Miles Sanders is a flex, but I think a lot of people are going to be pressed into starting Miles Sanders just because of where he was drafted. Oh, most likely most. I mean, I know I'm starting. I know I'm starting. starting him, like, I know I the, have to not even at flex, just at, at one of their running back spots. I mean, he's mm-hmm. ranked, uh, 17 on fantasy pros currently. And that's a full point PPR. Yeah. He's a, he, for me, he's a flex. Okay. That's the expectation that you should have for Miles Sanders is that he is a flex. I mean, you're definitely not expecting him to light the world on fire. No, no, but the matchup is good. And if Miles Sanders scores, then you are probably doing backflips knowing that you got more than maybe you potentially bargained for. But honestly, I think that Jalen, if anybody's going to be rushing for touchdowns, it's going to be Jalen Hurts. I think they'd give every, I think they'd give Miles Sanders an opportunity, and it wouldn't surprise me if he scores. It really wouldn't surprise me. What about uh, Quez Watkins? Uh, zero. <laughs> there should be no, no feasible way that Quez Watkins should be starting for you for any fantasy team on Sunday. What about Travis Fulgham? No. Okay. No, I th- I think Travis Fulgham is on the practice squad. I don't even think he made the active. No, probably not. I don't think uh, Quez Watkins is on the uh, practice squad either. Or he's on the actual roster either. I just saw – I was just scrolling down. He is ranked – let me do a widget. Oh, my God. You know who he's ranked with? He's ranked 94th on Fantasy Pros. Okay. Or he's ranked 97th. 94th is Tim Patrick. Great guy. Great guy. Love Tim Patrick. So here's the uh, the bottom 10 leading to 100. 
Dwayne Eskridge, Darius Tony, James Washington, Demarcus Robinson, Tim Patrick, Denzel Mims. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Rashard Higgins, Quez Watkins, Deami Brown, Anthony Miller, and Adam Humphreys. God, that's ugly. I kind of forgot that Adam Humphreys is on the was on the football team. Ladies and gentlemen, do yourself a favor. Do not do not go ahead and start any of those names that Adam just listed. As much as I love Denzel Mims, but don't do it. Don't start any of them. Don't do it. All right. Only one, it. only one that was that's worth maybe a speculative ad is Dwayne Eskridge for the Seattle Seahawks. That one is definitely worth it. An ad, not a start. An ad. Right. I have I have to preface, otherwise. Otherwise, someone will be in the in the mailbag on on Sunday night, Monday, and be like, "Burn! You said to start Dwayne Eskridge, and he put up a five. No, don't start Dwayne Eskridge. He's worth a speculative ad. You'd be lucky if he put up that much. Yeah, probably. He's like the fourth receiver. Third. 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 No. Third. He's going to be starting. He's going to be the outside receiver. I think it's yep. him. It's him, DK, and then lock it in the slot. Um, and then for the tight ends, still no clarity on Zach Ertz. It's weird. There's so much like <sighs> speculation, so much speculation, intel, rumors, movement around Zach Ertz. I've heard the complete opposite. I've I've heard he's in Philadelphia. I've heard he never want he never wanted to leave. No, well that, he said that. I heard it from himself. Yeah. That's direct yeah. quote. Yeah, he never he never wanted to leave. And from what I understand is that the organization and him have worked out whatever needed to be worked out. You know who else never wanted to leave? Wayne Gretzky. True. True. But and he cried too. But Ertz, Ertz, I believe, has a full no move. Do they even do? I mean, full no. Do they even have a modified no trade in the NFL? Or is that just in other sports? I don't know. With better unions, it might it might be better with better unions. In sports with better unions, if they don't have guaranteed contracts, why would they have modified no trade clause? True, true. Good point. <laughs> good point. You make a good point there. But as far as far as I know, I I think Zach Ertz is staying in Philadelphia. I mean, he probably is. Because I would think I would think if they were going to move him, they would have moved him already. I mean, I, I that would have been done. The asking price is probably too high. That'd be, that's my theory on it. Well, yeah, and then they probably would have done it already if there was real serious interest in, in moving him. And Ertz has said he wants to be in Philadelphia long term. So uh, I would say Ertz is probably a two, and then Dallas Goddard is probably a six. But I think is the longer that these guys are together, then it doesn't help either of them, really. No. No, they're going to be a pain in the ass to each other. And, I mean, if this was like any other sport, where there are trades and stuff and people like to add veterans at the deadline, then you would think Zach Ertz would be true, would be traded to a contender at the deadline. Ideally, but this ideally, is but again, ideally Zach Ertz would have been moved Monday after the Super Bowl. Right. He wasn't ideally oh. Zach Ertz should have been moved before the draft. He wasn't. So it's just kind of like, now, now you get the impression that Zach Ertz is there and that he's going to stay there. Yeah. All right. For the Falcons, 
Matty Ice, good stream. Yep, and we talked about Matt Ryan all offseason. Fantastic stream. He's going to get you 15, 16, 17 fantasy points. 250 and 2 should be his realistic number. Can definitely get you more than that. He's a 7. Great start. Yeah, I think he's going to be... His start percentage is probably going to be like... He's going to be started in about 50% of leagues, I think. And the 50% of people that are starting him are very smart. And, I mean, they're probably in, in deeper leagues, and they drafted Matt Ryan. But he he could be a very, very good play because he you know that he loves to throw the ball. And the Eagles' defense, you know, the front seven is good, but the secondary outside of Darius Slay is like, eh, not much to write home about. Yeah, that they, they, I mean, they have Steven Nelson there who – you know, had a down down year last year, but now coming over and trying to help improve this Philadelphia secondary. I mean, they have two very good corners there, Slay and, and, and Steven Nelson. So, um, but is it going to be enough where I'm expecting Matt Ryan is going to just flat out struggle? No, no, because you have, you have Mike Davis that can catch passes out of the backfield. You have Calvin Bridley, you have Kyle Pitts, who I'm completely convinced that Atlanta is going to look to use every opportunity on Sunday to get Kyle Pitts involved to, to show the why they spent a top tier pick on Kyle Pitts. I mean, you're right. You're Would it surprise right. you if Kyle Pitts scores two touchdowns on Sunday? I wouldn't be shocked if Kyle Pitts gets like, has like 15 catches on 30 targets. I wouldn't be entirely surprised either. And I would come, I would come out to this program on, on Monday and I don't think I could say a word. It's basically like you're on, you're playing Madden, and you want to get your, you want to get Kyle Pitts Rookie of the Year. So you just force the ball to him on every single play, so he gets like two thousand yards. You pant the fuck out of those stats. Yes, exactly. Um, what about Mike Davis? He's definitely a low on the low end of the like RB two. Yeah. Range. Yeah, I, I would say he's a five. I, I kind of view him as in the same way as Miles Sanders, kind, kind of like a, a flex. Two not great running backs. But very people, boring. People very, will, very boring. It's not that they're not great. I mean, people are going to be starting them because they drafted them, but not. Yeah, they are boring. They're not going to excite, excite you. Right. But they players that will excite you, of course. Is Calvin Ridley 10 10. There's no, no planet in which you're sitting Calvin Ridley week one. And then what about the new number two, Russell Gage? Six, six. Like, I think he's, I think he's a solid start in deeper leagues, 10 team leagues. I don't think I'd be looking at him. I think they're just better options out there, but 12, possibly 14. Yeah. I think he might be a good start in a 14 team league. I agree. I mean, I started Russell Gage a couple for a couple weeks last year when Julio Jones was injured, and he performed really well. Yeah, and it's basically the same situation. But yeah, he's gonna, he, he's he's going to get every opportunity to win that number two job. Right, if he hasn't already won it, um, and then the number three receiver is Olamide Zacchaeus, most likely. Yeah, one. Yeah, didn't think so. Love him. I'm so glad we're talking about him again. But one. This, these teams have a lot of parallels. I mean, the receivers, Atlanta blows Philadelphia out of the water. And honestly, for quarterbacks, Atlanta is uh, 
better than Philadelphia, but yeah, for, for running backs and tight ends, it's kind of the same situation where you have boring running backs and then a crowded tight end room. Uh, see, I don't think it's that crowded in Atlanta. I think it's just, it's going to be the Kyle Pitts show. I just had, I had that bad feeling. And I, I say bad in a way of, I think they're going to make me look very, very, very wrong. It's the, uh, the bird, the bird is wrong theory or feeling. Yep. Yep. That's just how I feel. It's it, it normally, I normally I have a feeling when I feel like, God, they're just going to prove me wrong. But then I have feelings of, okay, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. I could still find myself getting behind this take. Uh, Sunday could be a long day if my feeling is correct. Yeah, it should be pretty interesting in that regard. Just yeah. to see your reaction alone. But um, Kyle Pitts is a must start. Based on my gut feeling. Okay. that That's all I have to say. Man, you really must be sick. Because I can't even imagine you saying Kyle Pitts is a must start. I can't well, even. Well. You idiot people drafted him in the fourth round after I told him, after I told you not to. So now that you drafted him in the fourth round and people need confirmation as to whether or not he should be started. Yes, he absolutely should be started. And I think he's going to look, make me look very, very, very bad in the process. I hope I'm wrong. Well, Probably not. I really hope I'm wrong, but there's something that's telling me that Kyle Pitts could score two touchdowns on Sunday. I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, what oh, are, neither would I. What about the defenses? Avoid both. That's why. That's what I figured. Just needed that confirmation. Perfect. Next game is the Bills and the Steelers. This game is a rematch of the Monday night debacle with. Uh, Juju dancing on the Bills logo. This is in Buffalo, by the way. So it really is a rematch of that Monday night debacle where we really got the feeling that the Steelers were going to, like the air was running out of the Steelers. Yes, correct. And so for the Bills, the injury report is uh, Emmanuel Sanders. He was listed as a limited participant on Wednesday due to a foot issue. Emmanuel Sanders revenge game. Emmanuel or Sanders revenge. Oh my God. That's right. Emmanuel Sanders revenge game. Oh, it might be a great start in DFS folks. Oh boy. Might be a great start in DFS. Do the Bills play the Broncos this year? Maybe. Maybe, maybe not. Ooh. Emmanuel Sanders could be one heck of a DFS play. If, if of course he plays, if of course he plays, have to have to preface that one. Guess what? There's what? also another Emmanuel Sanders revenge game. He plays the Broncos. No, he plays New Orleans. Wow. That was that is not the revenge game that I had in mind for Emmanuel Sanders. Is it? Could he have a revenge game against New England because they tried to sign him when he was a restricted free agent? No, no, no. That doesn't count. Okay. That does not count. Anyway. So, yeah, Emmanuel Sanders' revenge game. Hope hope he's available. 
I I do. They don't play. They don't play Denver this year. Yes, hopefully, hopefully is available. But this game, this game should be very good. And for uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Anthony McFarland is on IR for an undisclosed injury. Yep. Um, we don't really know. Undisclosed is undisclosed. Mm-hmm. And um, Kendrick Green, Alex Highsmith, and Tyson Alualu, who I thought retired. I guess I thought not. he did too, honestly. He's quite, they're questionable. All three of them are questionable. And there's the big question mark about TJ Watt. Of course. Yes, of course. With the contract. Yeah. Which that is something to absolutely 100% monitor. They don't list that on the injury report. Unfortunately. No, no. He's out that is with definitely a contract. <laughs> He's questionable with a contract. With a contract dispute. Yes. But that is something to definitely monitor, especially if you have the Steelers defense, because, oh, good Lord. I think they should just list it as wallet. That's the body part. with a wallet. Yes. With a wallet, a wallet injury. Yes. Wallet injury. <laughs> but yeah, uh, if you, if you could avoid playing the Steelers defense this week, I would say that's probably a very good idea. I mean, you could definitely pick somebody else up like Jacksonville's defense, Miami, Miami. Um, I know it's in Foxborough, but. Still, Mac Jones, rookie quarterback. San Francisco's defense. If San Francisco is available, I mean, I don't know how San Francisco would be available when they're playing Detroit week one. But yeah, if if they're available, please go pick them up right now. Or even something, a piece of the Denver Giants game. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Denver defense could be a good play. But uh, for the position players, I mean, Big Ben, it's week one. It's early in the season. Now you you can confidently start Big Ben. Four. I don't want to. Not Well, you can – I mean, I don't know. Would it shock me if Big Ben throws for 350 yards? No. Do I think he will? No. He's a four. This is early season Big Ben, though. I don't think he throws for more than 350. Therefore, I mean, he's a four. The Bills defense is good. So yep. you have to factor that in, of course. Yes, and I think that they're gonna em- they're gonna emphasize Pittsburgh is gonna emphasize running the ball a little bit more. So, so what that means for Big Ben, who knows? I'd rather see it first. Well, what it means for Najee Harris is that he's a good start for you. And it oh, obviously yeah. he's a good yeah. start for me too. Nine. Nine. Good start. Great start. Very good start. And the trio of receivers, Juju, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. I think Deontay is a six. Juju is a five. Claypool is a five. Okay. One I'd start over them. The one I'd be starting is Deontay. Do you think that Trey White is going to be roaming? Like he's going to be a roving corner. Yes. Trying to cover all three of them. No, I think it, he's going to, I think he's probably going to have his one and then that's it. Okay. Wait, wait. Well, okay. I think, I think Tredavious white is going to be on one guy and that's it. Okay. That would. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. I was going to say, cause I asked like, Oh, is, 
are they going to try and split the coverage or do you think it's going to be, I guess you think it's going to be like a shadow situation. I think it is going to be a shadow situation. Yes. But I mean, who do they pick? Probably Claypool. Um, for me, I think it's Johnson. I think Johnson. Okay. Can I be wrong? I could possibly be wrong, but I think it's Johnson because he's the possession receiver for Pittsburgh. Yes. Um, Your favorite time, say his name, Bird. The tight end for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Braun. One. Yeah, I didn't think so. I just wanted you to say his name. One. Because it's funny. One. He should never be started. Okay. And moving on to the Bills, your boy, Josh Allen. Ten. Devin Singletary. Three. Zach Moss. Zach Moss. Three. Stefan Diggs. Uh, he's got a tough matchup with Joe Hayden, but that's you're not going to hear me say sit Stefan Diggs because of it. Ten. Yeah. I mean, why would you? Noted piece of shit, Cole Beasley. Disgraceful. Abhorrent. Um, three. Three. I want to see it first. But um, a, very, a very good speculative ad, though. I, w- I will say that. Very, very, very good speculative ad. Could you say the same thing about Gabe Davis? Gabriel Davis? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially, especially if Emmanuel Sanders, for whatever reason, doesn't play. Yeah. Then hell yeah. And then the tight ends aren't really worth it. No, but monitor Dawson Knox. All right. Next game. The Texans and the Jaguars. So as far as injuries are concerned, um, Kaimi Fairbairn was placed on IR with a leg issue. He was. And that, that, in fact, did happen. So that's not good. No. No, it is not. I don't think there is any updates on who they signed to replace Kaimi Fairbairn, but he would have been a high pick in a lot of leagues otherwise. Who? Fairbairn. Ah, uh, no. The offense is bad, so they kick a lot of field goals. Adam, Kaimi Fairbairn was not drafted in a single league that I was in. Would you like to hear his ownership, his ownership percentage? Well, it's probably not that lo- it's probably not that high now. He was placed on IR on September eighth. Yep. Okay. His ownership percentage went down 0.6%. How is his ownership percentage was 1.8. Now it's 1.2. Okay. Nobody wants a Houston Texan. They are going to be awful. They also have no rookies. Did you, did you catch that? Um, they're one of the few teams that's going to be terrible, but they have no rookies starting. Nico Collins is not starting for them. No. And like who the, uh, the quarterback for Stanford that they drafted. Davis Mills. Yes. He's not going to be starting for them for a while either. 
Oh, that fucking organization. I know. Oh, heck. Charlie Heck will not suit up in week one. The offensive tackle for the Texans. Gosh darn. These things write themselves. Charlie Heck doesn't have to play for the Texans for one week. Congratulations. Um, Kevin Pierre-Lewis, another former Jet. He's questionable. And um, Whitney Merciless, he suffered a grade one hamstring strain in the preseason against the Buccaneers. So he's questionable heading into this game. Yeah, I doubt he plays. Poor Whitney Merciless. Yeah, poor anybody who plays in the Texans. And then for Jacksonville, we already really we already know about Travis Etienne. Uh, they signed Tavon Austin, but he's on IR with a quad is- issue. Who knows if he's going to be um, designated to return off of IR. Uh, Trey Herndon didn't practice on Wednesday, and he's been ruled out for the game against Houston. So that's probably one of their better corners, if not their best corner. Yeah. Ruled out of the game. But, uh, I mean, that means good things for Brandon Cooks, but, like, why the fuck would you want to start anybody on the Texans? It's so risky. So don't do it. But uh, for Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence is a good start. James Robinson oh, is a good a start. Good start. Yeah. DJ Chark and LaVisca Chenault are both good starts. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the tight end, I don't really know much about him. Like, beats me. But as far as the main name brand skill position players for ja- for Jacksonville, you're starting them. See, I couldn't even tell you who the tight end for the Jaguars is. Oh, it's, it's oh, I'm fucking stupid. I knew that. James, it's James Oshahansic. I thought they drafted somebody. Nope. Maybe. Maybe it is Stephen Oshak Hennessy or James Oshak Hennessy. They have. They have Jacob Hollister. They have Luke Farrell. Former Ohio State guy. Let's see it. They have Chris Manhurts and they have James Oshak Hennessy. I think that's who they drafted. They drafted Chris Manhurts. Uh. Let's see. No. Nope, wasn't him. It, it was Luke Farrell, no doubt. Oh, oh, it was Luke Farrell. Yeah, but in any event, regardless, you're not starting a tight end that plays for the Jaguars. Yeah. That that's that's the key here. And really, you're not starting anybody on the Texans because oh boy, it's a it's a shit show. Maybe Brandon Cooks in a deeper league because of the absence of CJ Henderson. And Brandon Cooks is known to feast against Jacksonville. But other than that, no, nobody else for Houston. I mean, it's true because no CJ Henderson and no Trey Herndon. So it could mean a good a good game for Brandon Cooks, but like why would you why would you want to bang on that? Right. And I mean, Jacksonville's defense is, is a good spot, a uh, good start here against Houston. Yeah, I think it is, it is a very good start. So let's move on to the Sam Darnold revenge game. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, 
Unfortunately, Jameson Crowder's fans worst nightmare. Unfortunately, Jameson Crowder is out for this game. He contracted COVID-19. Get are well we, soon. Are we surprised that Jameson Crowder didn't want to start against uh, Sam Donald? No, not really. I think Jameson Crowder is still trying to uh, lobby for a trade to Carolina. Uh, Michael Pirine was limited in practice, but he's like their fourth. No, this is their third running back. Actually, he's probably their fourth running back. I was gonna say, are we are we still like counting on the Michael Pirine? Is, is, is that a thing? No, we're not because really, okay, it's Michael Carter, Tevin Coleman, and Josh Adams. In that order. I, Ty Johnson isn't a thing. Oh, Ty John. Well, then maybe Lamichael Pierre is their fifth running back. Okay. All right. So he then he becomes even more worthless. Um, and is then, what you're telling me? Yes. Okay. Got it. And then, uh, other than that, it's a lot of players on IR. You know, both of the Davises, Ashton and Gerard. Yep. Unfortunately, is you know, CJ Mosley actually scheduled to play a game for the New York Jets on Sunday? Yes. Well, he played a game for the New York Jets. He played half a half a game against I, Buffalo. I, I, I stand by what I said two years ago. C.J. Mosley is actually scheduled to play a football game for the New York Jets on Sunday. It's yeah. a minor fucking miracle. I mean, if you thought the Jets injury report was long, you should look at the Giants injury report. God. You know that Joe Judge went to the Bill Belichick School of Coaching because his injury report is a novel. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's questionable with the thing. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Bill Belichick loves him. A nice loaded injury report. He's questionable with a don't worry about it. Yes. Yes. (laughs) He's don't worry about it. An undisclosed. And then for... The Carolina Panthers, nothing crazy here. Um, Shy Smith didn't participate. No, no, none of the name brand players really for for Carolina or any or any worry. Gorgeous. So for the New York Jets, are you starting Zach Wilson? I would love to fade him if I can. Are you starting Michael Carter? You want to see what the running back situation is? Yes. Before you yes. invest, we put the put your neck out there. Yes, I would say though, if there's one that I think I would start, I think it's Tevin Coleman. Okay, and that, and, and that's like that's a really tricky one for me to put my name behind because the it's the New York fucking Jets. And if there's one thing I've learned with the New York Jets, it's anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Yeah. Am I wrong, Adam? No, you're not. Okay, good. No, you're not. But I would endorse Tevin Coleman if I'd start one of them. Well, he's probably going to be your old, your favorite uh, analogy. He's going to be the first one to touch the ball. And that's yeah. it. Yep. And then the, the snap count after... In terms of who's behind Zach, I'll be very, very curious about. I'll, I'll be looking at those numbers very, very, very closely. Good thing Rich Samini is pretty good about putting those numbers out. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Rich. 
Yeah. And then the receivers, your favorite, Corey Davis. We're start. Are we starting Corey Davis? We are. Yeah, we are starting Corey Davis. No DeAndre Swift. Corey Davis, best receiver in the National Football League. Uh, six, six. He's a good flex. Um, honestly, even though Jamison Crowder has COVID, I still think that, like, it's Corey Davis at this point. I yeah, mean, I, think, lot, I think he's the bad. I thought that Elijah Moore was injured. I'm surprised that I didn't see him pop up here on the injury report. I thought it was off the injury report. But, I mean, he could be worth something in a deep league with Jameson Crowder out. Oh, definitely. Because I don't think they're, they're not going to be – they're really not going to be relying on Keelan Cole and Denzel Mims behind, uh, behind Corey Davis. No, no. They Jets better captain. not be. That's Captain Corey Davis to you. Corey Davis is a captain. Zach Wilson's also a captain. Oh, I'm not surprised there. But Corey Davis is a captain for the Jets. Yep. You love to say it. Yep. Corey Davis. Leader. Captain. That, that is my receiver. Leader. Great guy. Great guy. Um, and then who even, uh, I don't even know. Cause I'm pretty sure they cut right. Yeah. The jets don't have like anybody at tight end. It's like Trevon, Trevon Wesco, who is also their fullback. I was going to say, I mean, isn't, isn't it like Ryan oh, Griffin? It's, it's Tyler. No, Ryan Griffin was cut. So they have Tyler Croft and Trevon Wesco. Tyler Croft. That's it. That's the name. Ryan Griffin, who they signed to an extension like two years ago. Remember when Tyler Croft got a big money move to Buffalo? Yeah, and then it was terrible. Like a four-year contract. He's from Rutgers. Yeah. He got paid paid because of Andy Dalton. Look what happens. Look what happens, ladies and gentlemen, when you pay people because of numbers given out by Andy Dalton. I can't believe they traded Kenny Yeboah, too. He caught the game tying. He he was so good in that preseason tie against the Eagles. Yeah. But anyway, that's besides the point. Just don't even bother. I mean, yeah, just don't even bother at this point. No, only only Jets that are worth starting, in my opinion, are Coleman and Davis. Elijah Moore, very good speculative ad. Very good. And then for the Carolina Panthers, Sam Darnold. Uh, five can justify it in two quarterback. Just because of all the dump-offs to McCaffrey? Uh, yes, and the fact Jets secondary is horrible. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, who's who, who's stopping DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson? Just Marcus May and LaMarcus Joyner. That's it. Good luck. And Bryce Hall, probably. Very best of luck. <sighs> Yeah, uh, Sam is a five. Sam is a five. Again, I could justify it more in two quarterback. McCaffrey's a 10. Uh, he'll be a 10 every week. Yes. The receivers, I think, are a six and a seven. Oh, they're more for me. They're more for me. They're both nines. I mean, you're starting them. Must definitely. start. Must start. Both, both of them are top 20 receivers for me. Yeah. 
both of them are top top twenty receivers. You have to start them. Nines, nines. I love them. Ian Thomas, four, four. Love. I I love Robbie more than I love DJ, but I love both. Well, Robbie, the thing about Robbie Anderson, he's got that big play potential, and you love to see that. Yeah, and I would I would bet my life that Matt Rule is going to get his boy, Robbie Anderson, the guy that he coached in college. He is going to give Robbie Anderson every opportunity to score against his old team. Yep. How, well, how, are, how are Jets fans going to feel if Sam Darnold throws a touchdown to Robbie Anderson? Well, it depends on the touchdown. Uh, 50-yard bomb. Well, probably the same way the Cowboys fans feel every time they watch that 90, was it 97 yard bomb to Robbie Anderson? I don't feel anything um, anymore. Okay. It happened. It happened, but you know, it's just, it's just something I sleep on because Sam Donald and Robbie Anderson were not guys that played for my organization and are now playing for another organization. You know, it would it would be like um, it would be if Tony Romo and Des Bryant went elsewhere, and then came back to Cowboy Stadium, and Tony Romo threw a seventy-five yard bomb to Des Bryant. Then I would have some words. Okay, but unfortunately, my quarterbacks actually, uh, my franchise has no problem finding franchise quarterbacks. Okay, yeah, we don't need we don't need top two picks to uh, fight our franchise quarterback. Well, just couple times wait just hold on hold on hold on a second (laughs) just a couple times what pick was Trey Aikman again (laughs) oh just say same thing with Stallback yeah Stallback and Aikman did you guys tank to get Troy Aikman or did you tank after you got Troy Aikman oh both both we were terrible we were absolutely awful but we didn't we didn't need a tank to find Tony Romo and to find Dak Prescott. No. How was uh, how was the Mark Sanchez uh, hope train doing? There are a lot of people of of your culture that are still very much on that. Well, listen, I don't think you your tribe, the... your tribe, as you like to say. What your tribe? What are you saying about? Your Jets fan tribe. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say something about me being Jewish. And no, how the... no, no, no. What I think, with the benefit of hindsight, Mark Sanchez was carried by a very, 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 very good supporting cast, much like Tom Brady is now. You are out of your mind. Well, the first You're... part's at least right. The second uh, part's an exaggeration, but the first part's right. The main difference between Tom Brady and between everything that the New York Jets franchise has ever done is that Tom Brady finds ways to win. Most of them were illegal. Um, Okay. (laughs) How many illegal wins do you want to take away? You could take away all the illegal wins that you want, and Tom Brady will still have more Super Bowls than the Jets. doesn't matter. Well, not really. Yes. Year one. Year one against the Rams. Tom Brady didn't cheat then. That's Tom Brady's rookie year. Tom Brady did not find ways to cheat then. Okay, that's one. And then if you want to take this past year, how did they cheat this past year? They didn't cheat. 
Okay, so that's two. Bam, they have more, they have more Super Bowl wins than the Jets. Right there. Well, you never know what's in the TB12 method anyway. So I maybe you TB, did cheat. I think the TB12 method is absolutely wonderful. And I, I hear it gets rid of COVID. Oh, really? Is it full of horse tranquilizers? It might be. It, it, it just might be. Is that the secret to Tom Brady's success? He's just addicted to horse tranquilizers? Yes. <laughs> yes. Can we move on, please? Yes, absolutely. Dak Prescott says he lost feeling in his toes after his surgery. Oh, after his surgery. I thought you were talking about right now. It's like you gave, you're giving me a fucking heart attack. That's weird. Well, I would have been, been like, oh, I got to pause this podcast. I have to go take every cowboy out of my lineup immediately. Yes. After his first ankle surgery last year, he lost feeling in his toes. See, listen, when you say, yeah, I blame the athletic because they just, the pop-up just said Dak Prescott says he lost feeling in his toes in white bold letters. And then the blurb under it says after he got surgery. I love the athletic. Clickbait journalism. But I do, I do love the athletic. It's a great publication. No, no slander, no slanderous journalism. Unless your name is Ken Rosenthal, then fuck you. I know. Well, Ken Ken Rosenthal has many vendettas against. He's the a Mets. prick. He's an absolute prick. Moving the next, on. The next game is the Cardinals and the Titans. Oh, one of my favorite games of the one o'clock slot. This game could be a barn burner. Oh yeah, it's gonna be. Um. As far as the injury report is concerned, the big name on both sides is Antonio or is Arthur Juan Brown. I was about to say, no, it's, it's AJ Brown. Yep. And I think, I think he's going to play, you know, people were, people were concerned last year when he did not practice on Wednesdays. These are very normal uh, veteran rest days. You know, I wouldn't be too shocked if this happens throughout the course of the year. So get used to it. And I do believe AJ Brown is going to be ready to go for Sunday. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too, I'm not too worried about. It. Well, if he's to be believed, and he and he played on a torn ACL, quote unquote, last year, then, and he was and he was questionable like every single week with that knee issue. So, uh, Tom Brady needed the entire offseason to recover from surgery to repair uh, his knee. Oh, good for it. Well, he's 43. I'm telling you, the TB12 method, let me tell you. It's, it's full fabulous. of force tranquilizers. Fab- fabulous stuff. Fabulous, fabulous stuff. Force tranquilizers and steroids. True. Very true. Love steroids. You must take steroids. Um, yeah, I'm not concerned about AJ Brown not playing. Uh, fire him up. Fire him up. I I mean, literally, anybody anybody of name value in this game, I think you, you're, you're just firing up on all levels. Yeah, um, the one big piece of news for Derrick Henry owners like ourselves is that Darrington Evans was placed on IR with a knee issue. Yep. So please pick up Jeremy McNichols. Yep. He's on waivers. Mm-hmm. Please do. Be. And if you have Darrington Evans, which you should, he should be stashed on your IR spot. If you have, uh, you could probably cut him or that. I don't think anybody is really going to be going crazy about Darrington Evans when he's on IR for six weeks. So you could probably cut him more if you think, you know, you, if you have the IR spot and you want to stash him until someone else more pressing be- becomes a need to stash an IR, then go ahead and do it. 
you know, all this talk about third string running backs has actually reminded me of something that we should have talked about in the news. What's that? You know who signed with the Ravens practice squad a couple days ago? Oh, yeah. I didn't even realize that that was news because I honestly, if people still think that Le'Veon Bell is a functional NFL player, given what we saw from him in New York and then what we saw from him in Kansas City, um, then I got nothing for you. Like, I know Le'Veon Bell was picked up in a bunch of leagues. And I literally said to myself, okay, this person didn't learn. This person didn't learn. This person didn't learn. This person didn't learn. Good to know. Well, that's why we're talking about it now. This is why I want I want us to talk about it because clearly people haven't learned. He is rostered currently as of uh, Thursday, September 9th. He's rostered in 20.3% of leagues. That's 20.3% too many. Tony Jones Jr., who is the handcuff to Alvin Kamara, is rostered in 9% less leagues. Ridiculous. Le'Veon Bell is not good. No, is it isn't. possible? Is it possible Le'Veon Bell gets game action? Yes, of course. But is he going to take over Gus Edwards' job as the starter for Baltimore right away? No, no, at all. No, no. This kind of reminds me of people picking up Antonio Brown early last year. But the difference is Antonio agent. The difference is Antonio Brown has something to offer. Antonio Brown is playing with Tom Brady. Well, Le'Veon the time, Bell doesn't want to play with anybody. Well, no. So at the time that people were picking him up, people were picking him up when he was a free agent. People picked up Tez, picked up Dez and stashed him in their on their rosters when they were free agents in hopes the that Dez they would sign. I never understood. In hopes that they would sign somewhere. That's just having more roster spots than you know what to do with. And then in that case, you drafted terribly. You should just not. You should not have an available roster spot where you could just add free agents and hope that they sign somewhere. Which makes sense. Um. So anyway, for this game, honestly, like you said, you should be firing up all the name the name brand players, Kyler yep. Murray. Um. I mean, the running backs are kind of interesting for for Arizona. I would sit both of those running backs and I would wait and see just what the splits and see what the splits look like. But you're definitely starting uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, yeah. Rondale Moore, great speculative ad as well. And then for Tennessee, you know, you got Ryan Tannehill, who you probably Eight. drafted. Derrick Henry, you're starting every single week. Uh, 10, 10. Please, Derrick Henry, put up a 35 bomb. Yes. Uh, AJ Brown. As well, uh, eight if he plays, yeah. And any other receivers for uh, uh, Tennessee? Julio's a nine, I think. Julio scores, yeah. And Anthony Ferkser, I-, I keep saying it, monitor Anthony Ferkser. Do you think Julio scores just because he's on our team? Uh, no, honestly, I completely forgot that we had Julio, so he's not gonna score now. <laughs> He's not going to score now. Thanks, Bird. Fuck. Fuck. Piece of shit. Yeah. yeah you're Doing your bad mojo. God damn it. All right. So I'll, so if I'm going to reverse the jinx, I'm going to say Devontae Adams is going to score four touchdowns. Okay. Oh, but I have Devontae Adams somewhere. Fuck. Well, we'll see. 
anyway, um, the defenses, I wouldn't start any of the defenses because this nope. is in a barn burner like this, defenses are not going to be worth it. Uh-uh. Nope. Don't do it. Next game is the Chages at the football team. Uh, this game is going to be ugly. I just have a feeling. Um, the two big names on the injury report, Austin Eckler listed as a non-participant in Wednesday's practice due Dickhead. to a hamstring issue. Dickhead. I really should have, when we were talking up Austin Eckler, I really, we really should have mentioned that this is bound to happen. That he just, things just happened to Austin Eckler. Inexplicable things happen and he just misses time. Well, I would say this. He's got two days to prove himself. We don't. We have not seen any injury reports from Thursday, and then Friday is the ultimate test. It is real. It is a real possibility that Wednesday is just a maintenance day. That the Chargers needed to put something next to his name on the injury report, and they put down hamstring, and now everyone has their panties up in a twist. I would say. With Eckler, it's the best bet is to wait until Friday. Well, and then when you get to Friday, if Eckler still has not practiced, then yeah, fucked. But if Eckler practices in a limited capacity Thursday, limited capacity Friday, then he, yes, he has a very good chance of playing on Sunday, which is good news for anybody that owns Austin Eckler. And the last 24 hours of panic feel like nothing. That's why uh, either Justin Jackson or Josh Kelly are the two most important handcuffs in fantasy football. Uh, yeah, but we don't know who it is. That, yes. I think it's Justin Jackson, but I know people who think it's Joshua Kelly. And then the other big news coming out of Washington is that Curtis Samuel went down with a groin issue. And you told me in tech through text that you think that Curtis Samuel tore his groin. No, uh, I, I initially, that's what I had heard, but further clarification said it is just a aggravation of his previous groin injury. So there is a real chance that Curtis Samuel does not play week one. Well, and that's we all know. We all know with soft tissue injuries, they linger, so it is not good news for anyone who owns Curtis Samuel. Yeah, it's not It's not great. Nope, but it is good news for Antonio Gibson and it is good news for Terry McLaurin. Right. And Logan Thomas, too, for that matter. Yes, and then, so for the Chargers, I mean, you're starting Justin Herbert. You drafted him pretty high, so that's, yep. that's what you're doing. Yeah, but just monitor Herbert. If you have a better option and maybe you want to start that guy over Herbert, then totally fine because Herbert did not play in the preseason. Neither did Austin Eckler, neither did Keenan Allen, neither did Mike Williams. So that could be a really rusty, really ugly game. I mean, in what universe are you drafting and you have a better option than Justin Herbert? I mean, you're starting them, but just be mindful that it could be ugly. Okay. Because they haven't had live game action since week 17 of last year. And they're making, and the, uh, you know, it is a factor when you're going from LA to Washington. Yep. For a one o'clock game. Uh-huh. 
it's something that I would love to avoid if possible. I know that there are plenty of people like Adam and myself that cannot avoid it. And we're going to have to just kind of roll with it. But I know that there are plenty of people who do have the opportunity to avoid it. And I mean, I was talking with someone who uh, we were just going through and setting our lineups together before the podcast. And he had a question of Matt Ryan or Justin Herbert. And one of the services that he pays for and for his fantasy stuff said Matt Ryan over Justin Herbert. So, wow. If that helps anybody. Yeah, it kind of does. But uh, yeah, I still think that uh, Justin Herbert's still going to do pretty well, but I mean, it is tough because the, the football team's defense is good. Yeah. Yeah, it is good. Uh, but Herbert, Herbert, you fire up if you don't have anybody else. I mean, you drafted him high enough for a reason. Um, the running backs, ugh, what to do, what to do, what to do. Me personally, if it's not Eckler, I'm not starting anybody. Makes sense. It's not Eckler. I want to see who it is first before I'm going out and I'm starting anybody. So just keep that in mind. But keep. Keep in tune with the injury reports because something tells me that possibly this is just a minor thing and that they're just wanting to get Eckler some off to the side work, which is totally, totally plausible. And that Eckler is totally fine. So just keep that in the back of your head. Uh, Keenan Allen is a nine. You're firing him up. Mike Williams is a four, good speculative ad, however. And then Jared Cook, great speculative ad. I would say he's a three to start week one, but would not surprise me one bit if he's someone that turns into a top 15, if not top 12 tight end. Okay, that makes sense. I think that, uh, yeah, and then for the receivers, Keaton Allen, Mike Williams, the rust factor, is definitely a thing. Yeah, but Keenan Allen again, like I said, like I said, you're firing up. You don't have a choice. Yeah, and then Jared Cook at tight end. Yeah, I, I just said he's a three. He's a three, okay. but great speculative ad. I like him a lot. Okay, I must have uh, gone into my ADHD uh, zone out. When it you happens. Were doing all that. It happens to the best of us. Anyway, uh, for the football team. I mean, Fitzpatrick. Have you heard about the uh, the finalists for the football team's name? I have. The Washington Armada is excellent. It's pretty solid. Is excellent. If they go with the Washington Presidents, it's the worst name. That would be the, that the would be the worst team name of all time. They might as well just be the Washington Generals. I I mean, I thought the Cleveland Gladiators was bad. The Washington President. Gar- it's the Guardians. Gladiators Guardians. would have been a cool name. Gladi- Gladiators would have been okay. Cleveland Guardians, yes. Washington Presidents would take Cleveland Guardians and actually make the Guardians good. Because the Washington Presidents would be terrible. Um, Washington, Fitz is a four. I don't really want to start him. Antonio Gibson's a nine. You have to start Gibson. Terry McLaurin's a nine. Have to start him. Um, Logan Thomas is a seven, very good start. Top 10 tight end for me this week. 
And did I, did I mention anybody else? No, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. And uh, defenses too. I like both defenses in this matchup. I think you can get away with starting both and be, and be okay. You got two gunslingers going here. Yeah. Yeah. But one is Ryan Fitzpatrick and one is Rusty. So there should be some turnovers in this game. So for the football team's name, the finalists are Armada, Presidents, Brigade, Red Hawks, Commanders, Red Wolves, Defenders, and football team. I love Red Hawks. I love Armada. Football team would be for the memes. Yes, football team would be for the memes. That would be funny if they they did all of this deliberation. They hired a consulting firm, probably. Focus groups out the ass. And it's like, nope, we're just going to be the football team. Correct. Correct. And you know what? I would love it. That would be that would be the one that if they are for the memes, they're for the culture, they're for the people, they would just say, all right, we're going to be the Washington football team. I like Red Hawks. Red Hawks is a good one. Yeah. Or Red Wolves. Red Wolves is kind of eh. Red Hawks, I like. Hey, it would be it would be another it would be another bird. It would be another bird in the NFL. That's right. Commanders would be a pretty interesting name. And it it would be really my people. Red Hawks. I mean, my God, does it get more my people than that? Yes. I love my people. Great people. So interesting, interesting to see what they come up with. Please, God, be Armada. (laughs) I like Red Hawks. Red Hawks. Good Lord, be Armada. Next up, the Vikings at the Bengals. This is this is a this is a very interesting game. This is a uh, just a whatever game for me. This is in Cincinnati, correct? Correct. Okay. I mean, as far as injuries are concerned, uh, nothing crazy. I was going to say, these. from what I remember, there's not much, right? N- nothing really from the okay, skill good. position perspective. As far I as mean, there is, there is um, Justin Jefferson who has a shoulder injury, but that's going to be a thing that he has all year. So, <gasps> yes, we actually have a fucking trade that break that just just broke in the podcast. No fucking way! An NFL trade is it? Zach Ertz going to the New York Jets? No. Oh, it is the Texans oh. getting a 2022 third rounder and a conditional 2022. 2023 pick from the New Orleans Saints for Bradley Roby. Oh, so that trade broke yesterday, but now we have a compensation. Yes, yes, that's what I meant. I thought you were saying like it's a fresh trade, but that's still cool. Uh, I mean, the Texans are really tearing it down here. Good, good, good. Get as many picks as they possibly can. Larry Tunsil is just like, why the fuck did I just get? I can't believe I got traded here for this. He should go back to uh, wearing the gas mask. I knew it. I knew you were going to make a joke about that. It's it's too simple not to. I it's it, it's literally the best thing ever. That was terrible. And what's cra- what's crazy too is now, a ki- if a kid is wearing a gas mask, it would be like okay, weed's kind of legal. But then weed was taboo. Yeah, well, but at the same time, at the same time, you shouldn't be high when you're going to work. 
Well, whatever. That's a whole different thing. Adam, you're going to tell me that you should be high when you're going to war. No, of course you shouldn't be. Then please explain to me what you're saying because you're losing me. No, well, it's just the, the whole scandal of the whole thing is ridiculous. It's ridiculous that everything leading up to that is all terrible and indicative of how terrible a system college football is because they don't pay their athletes. Well, they do now. Yeah. Well, they still don't really. Well, and the NCAA doesn't, but they're allowed to make the likeness. So that's good. It's a step in the positive direction. But it, 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 people should not be reporting to their employers. Hi. It, it's very simple. Impl- I know marijuana wait. is legal, people. I understand well, that. But you have to be adults. You cannot be going to work. Hi. Why are you saying that college football players are going to work? It's not their job. They're not getting, they weren't getting paid. No, 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 no. I'm talking about NFL. Oh. NFL. That's why the whole Laramie Tunsil thing was a big deal. It was a big deal because he was just smoking weed in a gas mask and laughing his ass off. Yes, that's a big deal because I don't want, I don't want someone that I'm going to have to pay millions of dollars to, to be, you know, potentially smoking weed when I am expecting him to perform at this top level as an athlete. Well, weed's very stigmatized. And, and, you know, it's not even like elite. It's barely even illegal in the NFL now. Yes. Yes. True. Now. Absolutely. But in terms of organizational practices, can you get high and then play in an NFL game? Adam? I'm sure people have done it. I'm sure people have done it too. So I'm yes, sure they have. But is it actually allowed in the rule book? Does it say signed by Roger Goodell, an NFL player legally contracted to an NFL team can go smoke a ball and then go play on an NFL field? Does the NFL rule book say that the same NFL rule book that has this stupid taunting penalty? I don't think it does because the NFL rule book was written by boomers. Good, good. Bottom line. I don't want people. my players being high while playing in their games. But he wasn't want to playing. Use, people want to use marijuana for recovery. Absolutely. But I don't want them high while playing my game. But he wasn't playing. Anyway, that's besides the point. Yes. Besides, talk besides about- the point, he, he has not had an issue since. And he actually is one of the best left tackles in the game. Yes. Which is a shame that he's on the, the uh, Houston Texans. A damn shame. It's a damn shame that the 53rd player on the Texans is on the Texans. Yeah. Which might be Deshaun Watson, but discussion for another day. Anyway, so for the Vikings, I think Kirk Cousins is a good start here. I'm starting him. I'm starting in my two QB. Yeah. I think a lot of the, st- the skill players for uh, Minnesota are good starts here. I think so as well. Except Dal- for maybe Chris Herndon. I think Chris Herndon could be a good start. I mean, how how funny would it be if Chris Herndon scores a touchdown week one with the fucking Vikings? It's all we would have wanted. Kirk Cousins throwing touchdown passes to Chris Herndon. Yeah, after the Jets are getting absolutely fucking bent over by Sam Donald and Robbie Anderson. I highly doubt that's going to happen. Chris um, Herndon cannot catch a cold. I wish, I wish I could say that joke. I wish I could say that I can't catch anything, but we all know I caught something. 
Chris Herndon couldn't catch water if he fall if he fell out of a boat. My one of my favorite sayings. <laughs> Can't hit water if he fell out of a boat. Can't do it. I don't think Chris Herndon is going to do. Chris Herndon is big tight end guy. That's why he still has a job in the NFL. True, true. Um, Dalvin Cook's a ten. You're starting him. Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson are both tens as well. Chris Herndon, speculative ad for now, but you're not starting him. Okay. And then for uh, Cincinnati here, Joe Burrow, first game back since the, since the knee injury. Five. I would love to sit him if you can. Joe Mixon. Six. The receivers. Uh, Chase, four. Boyd, seven. Higgins, eight. And, yeah, that's kind of it, really. Yeah, I think, I think that's I think, kind of it. Yeah, the Vikings defense is a good play here. Uh, yes, yes, good play. Actually, oh, you know, this would have been a Trey Wayne's revenge game, but he's out. It's so sad. It's yeah. so, 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 so sad. I missed out on our revenge game. Fuck. Uh, next up, the 49ers and the Lions. This is easy. This is very easy. You want to do the injury report? Yes. Okay, go for it. Trey Lance, questionable. Um, yeah, Trey Lance is questionable. That's kind of it. Beautiful. Garoppolo, 2QB, you're starting him. Raheem Mostert, you are starting him. Trey Sermon, you are sitting him. Do not start Trey Sermon. Brandon Ayuk, you are starting him. Debo Samuel, if you would like to start him, start him. Otherwise, bench him because he's Debo Samuel and he sucks. George Kittle, you are starting him. Detroit Lions, Jared Goff, you are sitting him. DeAndre Swift, sit him if you can. Jamal Williams, might be a good flex play. Amonra St. Brown, you're sitting him. Tyra Williams, you are sitting him. TJ Hawkinson, you are starting him. 49ers defense, excellent start. Other than that, you're not starting anyone else. Done. There we go. All right. Next game, Indianapolis and Seattle. That's our last game of the one o'clock window. Thank God. Um, <laughs> Quentin Nelson, he is questionable leading into this game. Eric Fisher, also questionable heading into this game. He was activated from the COVID list on Monday. Oh, lucky saint. And, um, you know, Carson Wentz trending towards playing. Yeah. So that is definitely worth monitoring. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't think he was on the injury report last I checked. No, he wasn't. But I'm just saying, because yeah. I'm sure people are curious. Yes. But uh, T.Y. Hilton. Adam is a man of the people. I forgot. Man of the people. Uh, T.Y. Hilton's on IR. And I don't think he's going to be playing throughout the, for the rest of the season. Highly doubtful. Probably not for the rest of his career, honestly. It's just not not ideal with the neck issue. Wow. Well, Adam, Nick, it, Adam is just assuming that this guy, a T.Y., is just done. He's a... T.Y., please don't sue us for defamation of character. He's 31, but he's a very old 31. Jesus. Here I am trying to save us from a lawsuit. But neck issues are not anything to mess with. No. No, definitely not. Um, and also Paris Candle or Paris Campbell, excuse me, Paris Campbell was uh, limited on Wednesday yeah. due to an Achilles injury. Yeah, yeah. Which that's is not uh, ideal. That just 
that's just rehab from the Achilles injury he had last year. Shouldn't yes. be much of a worry there. And uh, for Seattle, moving on. I just want I to hear about DK Metcalf being 100%. Well, I don't see DK Metcalf's name on this injury report. Excellent. The cool thing is we might actually see the return of the most controversial first-round pick in, within the past couple of years. Rashad Penny. Yes. He was limited in practice on Wednesday. Um, Dwayne Eskridge, or D. Eskridge, as this as ESPN wrote his name, he was limited on Wednesday Yeah, with a toe issue. Correct. And other than that, we're good to go. What do you got for me, Bird? Uh, we will start with uh, who's home? Is it Indianapolis? Yes. Indianapolis. Home. Okay, so we'll start with Seattle. Uh, Russell Wilson, he is a – we'll start with – we'll give him an eight. Eight. Uh, Chris Carson, he is a seven. Good start. DK Metcalf is a ten. I've got to start him. I don't care that he's going up against Xavier Rhodes, who had a renaissance season last year. It is proven that DK Metcalf cannot be contained, period, unless it is by Jalen Ramsey. And even then, DK Metcalf did score against Jalen Ramsey in the playoffs. But people want to forget that. DK is that good. And he is going to get every opportunity in the world to be better than his 1,300 yards and 10 touchdowns that he had last year, especially when Seattle wants to be throwing the ball more with Russell Wilson. Tyler Lockett is a six. I think he's an okay start. Dwayne Eskridge, speculative ad. Don't start him right away. Um, as for the tight end position, no, no one really there that's worth super investing a time over. Our Gerald Everett is the guy, but again, speculative ad. Not really someone you want to be going, you know, breaking your back over trying to go and get. Uh, Carson Wentz. Six, even better start in two QB, given Seattle's defense might actually be putrid. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, eight, good start. Uh, Michael Pittman, uh, six, six, could be okay. Could definitely be uh, be okay there. Paris Campbell, if he plays, I would say he's a five. And then for the tight end position, Jack Doyle, Mo'Ally Cox, two. Two for me. I think the Colts defense is I would even say both defenses are ones that I think I would like to stay away from this matchup. Okay, that works. Thank you, Bird. You're welcome. All right. The next matchup in the 425 slot is the biannual matchup of two teams that can go fuck themselves. Only happens twice a year. True. It's the Dolphins and the Patriots. In Foxborough. Two teams that can go fuck themselves. Annually uh, go fuck themselves. Annually. Biannually go fuck themselves. Biannually go fuck Twice themselves. a year. Yes, twice a year go fuck themselves. Adam Shaheen, backup tight end, he's out. Preston Williams, he's questionable. No Snagalore, he's questionable. Jalen Mills is also questionable. Yes. Uh, this is going to be the Alabama revenge game. Tis. Or just the, the, Alabama, the Alabama Bowl. This is the Alabama Bowl. This is Nick Saban is going to be watching this. This is like his wet dream. This is like, oh God. This is kind of like Anakin versus Obi-Wan. It really is. You were the chosen one, Tua. 
<laughs> Wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be like, and then Nick Saban is Qui Gon. Oh wow, this is Star Wars. Yeah. Cause yeah, no. Okay, so then two is Obi Wan, and then Mac Jones is Anakin because Bill Belichick's Emperor Palpatine. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Well, we love Bill Belichick and we love Emperor Palpatine. Great people. No, we don't. Who? Great people. No. <laughs> Great people. The literal emperor of the of the galaxy, who enslaves people. It's disgraceful. That's that's hearsay. Oh, really? Yeah, Adam is definitely trying to get us thrown off the air for uh, defamation of character. Been to Kashyyyk lately, Bird? <laughs> no, I can't say that I have. Maybe I'll go there tonight in the 27th dimension. <laughs> anyway. Um, so Tua, Tua's a start. Two QB only. Yeah. And Miles Gaskin, if he's the lead running back, as as uh, Brian Flores said, then he's a good start. Six. Six. And uh, Wolf, oh, no Will Fuller. Devontae, Devontae Parker is the receiver. Uh, two. Yeah. And then that's it. Jalen Waddle, one. There is literally nobody that I would even think about starting that's not named Mike Kosicki. That's a fair point. I think I think Mike Kosicki scores in this game. Well, somebody's got to. Well, I think Miles Gaskin might score too, but uh, I, I do think Mike Kosicki out of the pass catchers, I would put my money on Kosicki scoring. And then for New England, Mac Jones, I don't think he's worth a start at this point. Uh, too early, but in 2QB, absolutely worth picking him up right now. Absolutely worth it. Just picking him up. Yeah, because you, you never know. The Patriots might be about to win a Super Bowl. Oh, for fuck, no, stop. We've seen it before, haven't we? Not, not again. Adam, we've seen it before, haven't we? Would you be surprised? Hmm. Would I rather have Tom Brady not win a Super Bowl or New England not win a Super Bowl? Lesser of two evils. Or I could just pick neither and have them both get knocked out of the playoffs. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you, and I want an answer. We're not doing anything else until I get an answer. Would I rather have the Patriots or Tom Brady win another Super Bowl? Yes. We're not going anywhere until I have an answer. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. If Tom Brady wins another, another Super Bowl and is probably carried there on his torn <laughs> meniscus or MCL, whatever. Yeah. Then whatever. He's still, idiots are still going to think he's the GOAT. No, so he is the GOAT. It's not going to change. It's not going to change things. He is the GOAT, but continue. So, sure. I'd rather see Tom Brady win another Super Bowl. Okay. Fair. Fair. We can then the Patriots win another one. Fair. We can move on. So, anyway, uh, yeah. So, Mac Jones, speculative ad. Damian Harris is definitely going to be worth a start for this game. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with uh, Ramondre Stevenson being questionable for this game with a sprained thumb. I believe the, their expectations that he's going to play, but there he is coming in with an injury designation. 
So it looks like Damian Harris is going to be at the very least the first guy to get the ball. So uh, six for me for Damian Harris. Uh, okay. And then what about the receivers? Um, I don't want to start any of them. Maybe Jacoby Myers is the guy. Yeah. But again, just something that's a group of receivers. That I think I want to see uh, what it looks like before I'm going to, uh, to go put my fantasy life in the, in them. But uh, John o. Smith, excellent start with no Hunter Henry. Yeah. Well, we could could have seen that one coming. I mean, we kind of yeah. said that. Like if one of them's out, then the other one is will grow even more powerful. Hall of Fame tight end Hunter Henry not going to be there. So sad. So sad. Uh, one thing that's worth noting for this also is that uh, Stefan Gilmore is going to be out for six weeks. Yeah. So that might mean better things for uh, Devontae Parker and Jalen Waddle. Yeah, but do you still do you still really trust Devontae Parker? No. Yeah. Not at this yeah. point in the season. Only in the, only in the second half of the season do I trust Devontae Parker. Fair. Fair. And even then. Uh, all right. Cleveland at Kansas City. The rematch of the divisional playoff game. True. This is the rematch. And uh, for injuries, NFLPA president J.C. Treader is questionable. Uh, Odo Beckham is questionable as well. Rashard Higgins is questionable. And Miko Hardman is questionable. And also, uh, Teron Matthew is out. Yes. And honestly, for this one, I don't think you're starting Baker against this defense. No. No, I wouldn't. Really, you're looking at the running backs, and if Odo Beckham is out or limited – then honestly, uh, I don't know. I think the running backs are just the start here for Cleveland. Uh, you're, starting, you're starting Chubb. Deeper leagues, you can flex Hunt. I don't think it's a big deal. Uh, Odell, I want to see it first. Jarvis, I want to see it first. Austin Hooper could be a good start if you're struggling at tight end. Like it, it depends on what your options are. Like if you waited too long on tight end, like I did in one league, and Austin Hooper – is available, then yeah, Austin Hoover could be an okay pick up and start. Yeah, I think with Odell, it's probably just going to be it's rehab from the uh, ACL injury that he suffered last year. Yeah, yeah, it's just rehab and it's working back. But I, I do want to see how he looks before I'm going to just go and throw him in there. Yep. And then this is your favorite part, our favorite part of the show. It really is. You're starting your Chiefs. Yep. Literally all of them. Literally all of them. them. Well, Miko Hardman has an oblique injury, so keep that in mind. But you're starting Mahomes. You're starting Clyde. You're starting Tyreek. You're starting Kelsey. Okay. Let's move on. Green Bay, New Orleans. Speaking of kickers on injured reserve that we talked about, like, what seems like an hour ago. Will Lutz was on IR or is on IR for New Orleans, but I don't think you really drafted him. Um, no. And, you know, Michael Thomas is on the pup list. So that's really what we're dealing with here. Yep. And then for Green Bay, it's uh, Zadarius Smith, who's questionable. David Bakhtari is going to be on the pup list. So that's, that's a huge blow for them. 
And that's about it as far as injuries are concerned. Yep. Aaron Rodgers, starting him. Nine. Yep, starting him. Aaron Jones. Nine. Devontae Adams. Ten. I mean, AJ. Well, I, I did skip AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon? AJ Dillon's a four. Okay. Um, Devontae Adams. Robert Tunyon. Six. I mean, we're starting him. Yeah, he's a six. He's a six. Alan Lazard, uh, Amari Rogers, um, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, all speculative ads. Okay. And then for New Orleans, oh, I wonder what you're going to say about this. Uh, I am not starting anybody on the Saints. Oh, really? Unless Dalvin Kamara. Oh, really? You're not going to yeah. start, not even him? No. No, I would not start Jameis. Okay. Not until I see it. Okay. And I hope you have a quarterback on your roster that's better than Jameis in week one. I pray. I, if you don't, I do too. Then, you, then you fucking suck. Yeah, no, that's not, not ideal drafting-wise. Now, if you have Jameis in a 2QB, obviously you're going to start him. But if it's single QB and it's Jameis and that's all you have, you fucking suck. You could have not drafted Jameis. You could have not drafted any quarterbacks, and you could have just gotten Jameis. Yep. Pretty much. So, Pretty much. You fucking suck at fantasy if your only quarterback is Jameis. Moving on to the Broncos and the Giants. Oh, God. The snooze fest of the 425. I know. There are, there's always one. Uh, so it's no fan who's questionable. Evan Ingram is questionable. Saquon Barkley looks like he's going. He said we'll see, but it looks I like think he's, good. he's. I think he's going. I think he's going to. I think that. Uh, do you think he's going to be on a uh, a pitch count, quote unquote? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he'll be he'll be on a, on a limited snap count, but he'll play. Okay. I think it really depends on feel. All right, for the Denver Broncos, Teddy B. Uh, five. The running back committee. Um, four for both. The receivers, Judy, Sutton, Patrick. Sutton's a five. I don't really want to start him up against Bradbury in his first game back from the torn ACL injury from last year. Uh, Jerry Judy's an eight. I think Jerry Judy is, is a fantastic a season-long play and a, and a great DFS play. So Jerry Judy is one that I'm just wanting to fire up on all levels. And then any other receiver outside of that, not for me. And then Noah Fant, if he plays, is probably a five. He lost – got to remember, he's, he lost a lot of value when Drew Locke was not the starter. He lost a lot of value. It's true. It's very true. So now that he's not the guy – you know, you gotta think about here. Is he really that important for me? And the answer is probably no. Okay, and then for the Giants, I don't think Daniel Jones is worth it at this point. Uh no. I mean, you pick Saquon Barkley early enough that you're gonna you're gonna have to start him. Uh and... yeah, yep. You're start you're starting Barkley unless, unless you have another option. Yeah, but. That's another option. You're so scared about Barkley. But again, you picked him in round one or round two for a reason. It's true. 
And then what about the receivers? A lot of options. Unlike many other Giants teams of the past, you know, there are a lot of options at receiver here. Um, you are not starting a Giants receiver in this game. Okay. And you're not starting Evan Ingram either. Didn't think so. Nope. The only giant that should be worth consideration is Barkley. If he plays. Yeah. This next game is going to be a snooze fest. Frankly, the Sunday nighter, it's going to be like a blowout. It's going to lull people to sleep. It might, it might. Uh, You got the bears going into SoFi stadium to go against the Rams. Stan's piece of shit. Yes. And nothing really to report for either team, except for Khalil Mack. He's questionable. Donald Mooney's questionable. But for the Bears, like you're starting David Montgomery probably. Yep. And Allen Robinson and Cole Komet. Allen Robinson, you're starting, but I'm tempering expectations with him going up against Ramsey. Yeah. And then anybody else for the Bears? Uh, speculative ad is Cole Komet. Talking about him the entire offseason. And Darnell Mooney as well. Yep. Definitely someone to keep a, keep an eye on. And then for Durams, I think, uh, well, I'm starting Matt Stafford. So, yep. I, I think start. he's a good start. Yep. Good start. Good start. He's a top 15 play for me. And the uh, the running back situation, Sonny Michelle and Darrell Henderson. I'm Jamie sitting Jones. both. I'm sitting both because I really want to see what Sean McVay does with the running backs. I feel like we said this a lot. We said, I'd like to see what they do with the running backs like at least 10 times this episode. Well, this is probably the biggest example of that. This is the the year of the running back committee. This is the biggest example of I want to see what they do here. Yeah. Because me personally, I think Sony Michelle should be the star. So we'll see. Well, if you want to go by veteranosity, I think Sony Michelle should be the starter. Hey, we will see. We will see. And then what about the receivers? Uh, Robert Woods is an eight. Cooper Cup is an eight. Um, who am I missing? Van Jefferson? Yeah. It's four. And then Tyler Higby is probably a six. And uh, the Rams defense is a pretty pretty solid play. Great start. But Great people start. drafted the Rams defense. Yeah. Yeah. If you have the Rams defense, fire them up. Like we did. Bingo. All right. Well, this is fun. This is our first preview of the year. Yeah. Exhale. <sighs> I forgot how long these were. Yeah. These are long. These are long and these are exhausting when you have COVID. Yeah. I can imagine. Even when you yeah. don't have COVID. Yeah. But the first one that we do is when I have COVID, it's, it's just kind of like, this is usually my warm up to get my feet wet into this. But now it's just like, oh, it's done and I'm fucking wiped. Yeah. Well, anyway, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basin Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. Please remember to like and subscribe. Leave some five-star reviews. And keep uh, keep your eyes peeled for when we release new episodes. Please for do. My, yes. For my co-host at Birdsall, I'm Adam Caster, and we'll talk to you next time. Enjoy the football, everybody. Bye. Bye.